Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. All right, we're holding Perkei Avot, Perik Gimel, Mishneir Gimel. Amen. This Mishnah tells us about a teaching of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is maybe one of the most famous Tanaim in all of Mishnah. What is Rabbi Akiva most famous for? What do we know about the most famous thing about Rabbi Akiva? Akiva ben Yosef, he was called. What is he most famous for? 40 years old. Rabbi Akiva is the primary example of Baal Teshuvah. Why? Because Rabbi Akiva, at the age of 40, the Gemara tells us, he was an uneducated shepherd. He was a simple shepherd. He used to work for somebody whose name was Ben Kalba Savua. If you remember from, he was one of the three wealthiest Jews in Yerushalayim. He was one of the three people that said, I'm going to supply Yerushalayim for 21 years when the Romans were creating a siege. So Akiva then was a shepherd for this Ben Kalba Savua. Ben Kalba Savua's daughter saw Rabbi Akiva and she saw how refined his midot were. He had modesty, he had good character, but he was total amaretz, total, meaning he hadn't learned anything. Some say actually he descended from Gerim, interesting. But he was total amaretz. He didn't, apparently, he didn't have any zchut uh, he didn't have any, he didn't come from, st- he was a simple Jew, total simple Jew. But his daughter, Ben Kalba Savua's daughter saw that he seemed to have very refined character. And she said to him, if I marry you, hold on, he said, if I, she said to him, if I marry you, will you go and learn Torah and become Talmir Chacham? And he said, yes, he agreed. So what happened was they did Kiddushin, they got married in private without the father knowing. And when the father realized what had happened, he said, I'm kicking you out and I'm not giving you anything from my Yerusha. Meaning he kicked Akiva and his daughter, the Gemara tells us her name was Rachel, kicked them out of the house, and they were so poor, the Gemara tells us they used to sleep on the floor and, and with uh, straw. They didn't even have a pillow. They didn't even have normal anything. They shared clothing. It was, it was so, so destitute. But Rabbi Akiva was such a big tzaddik, he went and learned Torah at the age of 40. And not only did he become Talmid Chacham, he, the Gemara in Sota Yerushalmi tells us, I'm quoting from the Kahati here, that he became what was called Isha Eshkolot. Eshkolot, what's Eshkol in Hebrew? Yeah. Is it grapefruit? Eshkol? Eshkoliot. Eshkoliot is grapefruit, right? But Eshkolot is grapes, right? A cluster of grapes. A cluster of grapes. But in the Gemara, it's an acronym. Ish Shahakol Bo. I mean, he was a person that possessed everything. He had all the ma'alot in Midot Tovot and in Chochmot. He was, the Midrash tells us that on Har Sinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Moshe Rabbeinu Rabbi Akiva in the future. Because of the greatness of Rabbi Akiva, he's going to expound every letter and every tip. Rabbi Akiva was beyond. So he went from being this Ama'aretz at 40 to being one of the greatest Talmidei Chachamim and Tanaim to ever live. And the Gemara tells us, we know the famous story where his students passed away, but eventually he got more students and he continued to carry on the tradition of Torah. So this is the great Rabbi Akiva that we're talking about here. Tremendous man. Okay, now, the Gemara tells us that that concept of Eshkolot, I just want to point out, 
The Gemara in Sotah Bavli tells us there were people named, who were called Eshkolot, like I just explained, Yossi ben Yoezer, but the Gemara in Sotah Bavli tells us they stopped when he passed away. Rabbi Kiva came back, came around, he was one of those people again. Unfortunately, we know how did he end up passing away, this Rabbi Akiva, in a very cruel, terrible sort of way. One of the Asar, Asara Rugei Malchut, we, we read him in the in the tefillot on Yom Kippur, they skinned him alive. They skinned him with iron combs, the Romans, in a very cruel, terrible way. Because he was one of the greatest Torah scholars and he was bringing Torah to the Jewish people. They didn't want that. But the bottom line is, that's a, that's a good question. Good question. The Gemara tells us that even when they were skinning him alive, he still was, he was happy. And Tornus Rufus, that general, couldn't, couldn't understand why. He said, all of my life, I said, serve Hashem with all of your heart, all of your love and everything. And this is finally when I'm able to say, actually, even though they're doing this to me, I'm still willing and able to be Mekadeh Shem Shamayim. So this is a very, very big man we're talking about now. Now Rabbi Akiva is going to teach us in this Mishnah about five things that are considered a siyag. It's considered a fence or a container for something else. Meaning what we're going to say is this thing leads to that. means it contains or it introduces that. Now the first one is a negative thing. Let's see. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, Sechok, Sechok is uh, laughter, joking. The way they explain it also is making fun. You know, people, sometimes you have people always making fun of other things, making fun, nothing serious. Now, it's not good to be too serious, but when you're always making fun, you don't take anything serious, it's not a good thing. A joker, a clown. The kalut rosh, kalut rosh is lightheadedness. Again, not lack of seriousness, lack of focus, lack of taking things with the right mentality. Margilin la erva. These are things that can quickly lead to erva. Uh, inappropriate behaviors with uh, arayot, with uh, immoral behaviors. Why? Because when somebody is so involved in schok and kalut rosh, everything in life is a joke. Everything becomes a joke. You know, it's, it's, you, you find this sometimes. You could go to a speech by a rabbi, he gives a whole speech, and one guy cracks a joke that he's going, cracks, and what happens? The whole speech is out the window. Everything the rabbi said, nobody's taking seriously anymore. You can ruin the entire impact of something that's positive because you make a little bit of fun. People do it, unfortunately. You have jokers. Oh, the problem is when you're not taking things seriously, very quickly you can devolve into behaviors like arayot, for example, because there's nothing that's taken seriously. Everything is a joke. Everything in life is a joke. Nothing is serious. It can quickly devolve into inappropriate behaviors. Kahati explains over here, actually, the inverse is also true. Meaning, the appropriate behavior is the opposite, which would be koved rosh and yir'ah, serious mentality and awe, those are the right way, which leads you to the right behaviors, to acting appropriately. But what the Tanah Rabbi Akiva is teaching us is, schok and kalut rosh, this is no, there's no way to validate this. If this is the way that you're leading your life, again, in an over-excessive way, obviously, we have to have a positive mentality. Joking is good. Actually, the Gemara says, you're supposed to start off shiurim with mila debedichuta. You're supposed to start off with a joke. It, it gets people warmed up. Mila debedichuta. A joke, that's really what it means. But too much is not a good thing. Leads to very negative places. That's number one. Let's move on. This is a very big one also. Masoret. Siyag la Torah. Masoret. What's Masoret? Tradition. Tradition 
is the siag, is the fence. It's the container for Torah. And there's two ways they explain this. First way they explain this is what's Masoret? <coughs> Masoret is Torah Shabal Peh. Torah Shabal Peh is not written down, right? We have a verbal tradition. We already wrote down Mishnayot and Gemara because we're weaker generations. But really, Masoret is the, 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 the Rebbe to the student, to the student, to the student. How are you going to know Pshat in the Chumash, in the Torah Shebichtav, in Torah, only if you have Masoret? Meaning, if you only have Torah Shebichtav, what's written down in front of us, without Masoret, without tradition, how it's to be explained, how it's interpreted, what it really means, so then the whole Torah is, is, is it becomes uh, something, one second, it becomes something that's totally open-ended for anyone to interpret, and then it's, it's, it loses all of its cred credentials, it loses all of its validity. So Masoret is Siagla Torah. To appreciate the Torah properly, we need that Masoret from our ancestors. What is the Torah Shabbat Pah that explains the Torah Shab Shabbatah? What are you saying, Yitzchak? Not to say Masoret, you were talking about Torah Shabbat Pah. That's what the Mephoshim explained here. Yeah. To know how to explain it properly. And by the way, unfortunately, there were certain people in history, they didn't have Torah Shabal Peh. They disagreed with it, like the Tzedukim, Baitusim, Netinim, different groups of people. And those people, their tradition, their, their understanding of Torah is totally flawed. It has nothing to do with what's the accurate, the accurate thing. There's another way they explain, but let's stick with that. The importance of Masorit, how important it is, really is... It's a very, very important thing. The whole concept of learning from a Rebbe, from a teacher, the whole concept, you know, you could learn from books. Some people say today, actually, because we have books, Sfarim, you can learn a lot from Sfarim, and it's true. There is a lot, but you still need Masoret. There has to be some sense of tradition. You can learn a lot of tradition from books, too, today, but there has to be some sense of tradition. You want to connect back to Arsina. You want to connect back to Moshe Rabbeinu. There has to be that continuum. And it exists. You just have to find somebody that can, can guide you in that way if you want to really appreciate Torah properly. That's two. Next. Masrot siyag la'osher. Masrot. What is masrot? Tithes. Right? Maser is a siyag. It's a fence for osher. What does it mean? You want to be wealthy? Give masrot. How do we know that? Because the Pasuk tells us, Aser ta'aser, and the Gemara expounds, Aser ishvil shetitasher. If you give ma'asrot, you'll become very wealthy. Even though it's counterintuitive, you think about that. Give away money, and then you're going to get money. There's different ma'asrot. But if you give ma'asrot, you give tzedakah, Kadosh Baruch says, if you give these things, you're going to be wealthy. Actually, on Sunday we quoted the Gemara in Ketuvot that says a similar idea. How do you retain your money? What is the salt for your money? You know, salt preserves. Giving tzedakah, which is counterintuitive. You give tzedakah, you give ma'asrot, you give the money to where it's rightfully meant to go. Supporting uh, the Leviim, the Kohen, the Aniyim. Torah, etc., then you're going to actually become wealthy. And, the Pasuk tells us what? That's the one area you're allowed to test Hashem. What do you mean that's the one area? Is you're allowed to say, Akadosh Baruch Hu, you told me if I give Maser, I give Tzedakah, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm putting you to the test. That's the one area. Usually you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to say, I'm going to go learn Torah and Hashem take care of me. You're not allowed to say that. You do it because Hashem said so. But when it comes to you're allowed to test Hashem in that regard. So that's that's the idea. Maasrot siagla osher. Number four, nedarim siagla prishut. We know 
that there are there's a level of tzidkut. What is it? A tzaddik. What's a tzaddik? Level of tzidkut. Tzaddik is somebody that does everything as he's supposed to. Okay, there's 613 mitzvot. He keeps everything as he's supposed to. On top of tzaddik, what's the next level? Prishut. What is prishut? Literally means separation. But it means somebody that not only does what he's supposed to, but he even limits himself from things that he's allowed to enjoy. He's allowed to engage in. It's, it's a, like the Ramban learns in Kitoshim Tiyu. Exactly. Exactly the Ramban learns. Prishut is a very, very... This is for like... Once we're at Sadiq, we can think about that. That's, uh, doing everything exactly right. And then you think about Prishut. Now somebody who is an ordinary person... Generally, the law is we're not supposed to make nidarim. Why are we not supposed to make nidarim? Vows. So it's not so simple. We're not supposed to because if we transgress a nether, if we over on the nether, it's very severe. It's, it's as problematic. But if somebody is already on the level of tzaddik and he's attaining levels of prishut, says the Tana of the Mishnah, nidarim siyag la prishut. Such a person, if he wants to create even that higher level, he's already in that stratosphere of righteousness, such a person, he is allowed to make nidarim. He can make nidarim to prevent himself from falling into inappropriate conduct, or he holds inappropriate, even though it's a very, very lofty level, he can utilize nidarim. In general, though, nidarim is not a simple thing. It's, it's, you have to be very, very careful with nidarim, because a Jew breaks his word. Like with the cigarettes, for example. Right, right, no. So I hear that. Listen, you have to know everyone their own, but the Gemara tells us is that regular people are not supposed to make nidarim, because breaking your word is very serious. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, the Gemara says we have to be very, very careful in the Darim. A Jew's word is powerful. Exactly. 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 Now let's finish up the last of the five. This is this is a very powerful one. Siag Siag Lachachma Shtika. What is the Siyah. What is the boundary for chokhmah? What leads a person to chokhmah? Only shtika. That's with a Gemara Megillah. Very good. That's a Gemara Megillah. No, that's Mamash Gemara Megillah. You just lost the note. Siyog la chokhmah shtika. So the Mepharsh must speak out of it here. The Midrash Shmuel explains it doesn't write it the same format as the other ones. Before we said ma'asrot siyag la osher. Nidarim siyag la fishur. Now here it says siyog la chokhmah shtika. Why does it put siyag first? Because what it's saying is the only siyag for chokhmah is shtika. The other ones maybe you could achieve osher also in other ways. Or maybe you could achieve uh, Torah properly. But this, no. The only way you achieve Chochmah is through Shtika. Now, why is that? Why is that? You listen more, oh. you learn more from so others. So, the Gemara... No, Pirkei Avod, it tells us. Ezu Chacham. Ezu Chacham. Somebody how are you? How do you become chacham? Someone that learns, if you're busy talking, you're not hearing what other people are saying. Similarly, if you're so busy spouting what you think is right, not only other people. You can't learn from the world. You can't learn from lessons that were supposed to be being taught. It's very difficult. The Gemara tells us, what is, how do you know when somebody's an idiot? How do you know? Hediot kofetz barosh. 
When there's a question asked, the first one to jump right away without even thinking and response, he's the idiot in the room. In Hebrew, it's not a nice word. Idiot, he's the idiot. Why? Because people that are smart, they, let's think about this, let's see what the answer is, and then you give up shot. Then you, but somebody that just jumps right away, it's almost an implication. This guy is not a, choch, a chacham, he's not going to be a chacham. Listening, hearing, learning, that's how you absorb chokhmah. So that's a very, very important lesson. You know, you want to absorb chokhmah? Listen to other people. No, don't listen to the wrong people. <laughs> listen to the right people. Listen to good shiurim. Listen to good Torah classes. Baruch Hashem, we have so many today. Of course, there has to be a discourse. Of course, of course. You're right, you're right. There has to be back and forth. You're right. we, the Gemara tells it has to be. But without that shtika, you cannot become chacham. This is similar in Perik Aleph. We said, Perik Aleph, Mishnah Yud Zayin. The Mishnah told us there, Shimon, the son of Rabbi Gamliel, said, All my days I grew up amongst the chachamim. The best thing, he says, physical. The best thing for your physical body is shtika. Silence. Now it doesn't mean silence sitting by yourself. It means learning. Yeah. Also, also. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. That that's a midot. You're right. That's a midot. That's a. That's called That's a very very big deal. Very special people could do that. Very big deal. So bezat Hashem, we should be zochet to the last one at least. To be shtikah, <laughs> to learn. <laughs> you know what? Siag la chokma, shtikah. All right, we'll stop here, Shavu. Another teaching of Rabbi Akiva. Bezat Hashem.